Hello, you're listening to The Frontline with me, Jerome Starkey, where we bring you the latest news from the war in Ukraine. I'm the defence editor at The Sun newspaper, and in this, our first episode, we're bringing you an exclusive interview with Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky. It was his first interview with a British newspaper, and we spent more than two hours with him chatting on and off the record in his office uh, in Kyiv. As you can probably imagine, uh, he lives under fairly heavy security. And before we were allowed to meet him, we had to go through a number of airport style scanners. Indeed, um, for the final bit of our journey, we had to give up even our watches and our pens before we went into uh, his office. But when we got there, we had a long and wide ranging conversation. Uh, We talked about the strain of the war on him and indeed on Ukraine, the morale of the people who are bearing the brunt of Russia's onslaught and what he needs, the weapons that are top of his shopping list, most notably more air defences. I started by asking President Zelensky about the threats that he had faced personally and the Russian attempts on his life. Mr. President, thank you very much also for um, having me here and for speaking to The Sun. Could I ask, certainly at the beginning of the conflict, we heard reports of a number of assassination attempts directed against you. I wondered if you could tell us how many assassination attempts you're aware of have been, have been made on, on your life and also what toll that takes on you uh, as a human being. Normal. I think the first one is very interesting when it's the first time. And uh, and after that, you are just it's like COVID. First of all, people don't know what to do with it, and it's looking very scary. Then after that, just intelligence, just sharing with you detail that one more group came to Ukraine to manage this. So, but how yeah. many have there been? I don't know. I don't. I really, I don't know. Really, I don't know. I think not less. Five, six, not less. Interesting, the last information that there is the plan, uh, which I shared with you out of the camps that uh, we, I mean, that's uh, the beginning of our meeting that that uh, they want very much. And the name of operation is Maidan 3. It means to change the president. Maybe it's not by killing. I mean, it's, it's, it's changing. They, they will use any, any instruments they have. So that is the idea to the end of the year, this year, it was the idea, the new operation, even the name, they have even the name of operation. Yes. So, but you see, we can live with it. Now we have many problems, and really, but, but we are sitting in Kyiv, we are speaking, and you see people on the streets, and it means that it's not the difficultest time. But we really have a lot of challenges now. Now, in Congress, but by the way, using this opportunity, I'm thankful to administration of president, bipartisan support, President Biden, Congress, everybody, first of all, to Americans who've been with us during this war for their support. But of course, if we're speaking about the Congress, about the unity around the help of Ukraine, of course, this month is the difficultest. I hope that Congress will help us, and I hope that the help of United States will be around Ukrainian people. And I hope that 
The United States will be with us against Russian terrorism. We're staying strong. It's difficult for us. Yes, we need more successful results on the battlefield, but we need it for us, first of all. This is not movie. We, we you know, it can't be magic. Yes, uh, each day. It was magic, really, on 24th, uh, two years ago, at the first days of full-scale war. It was magic because Russia, the second army in the world, said that they will uh, destroy everything and occupy us through some days. It was magic. But, but when you speak about magic, you have to speak that magic and, and I think the priorities and unity of Ukrainians unity of the world around Ukrainians. What I see, first, China can push Russia more, really, what I feel. China, I'm not see that they're interested in Middle East. That's why I, I said truly openly that I think that the, the Russia and Iran. I don't see that uh, China is interesting to help Russia to occupy Ukraine. Everything is not very simple in this situation and during this period, and like you said, especially last month. Ukraine today in the center of, of these global risks of the sword world war. And I really think that Russia will push and uh, until, until the United States and China together will tell them very, very seriously to go out of the territory. And I think when, uh, it's, uh, because, you know, Europe, Europe uh, can't be alone with it because Russia, Russia, uh, they, they don't afraid. They don't feel till now, they, they don't feel that totally the world against them. They don't feel it. And really we think that they are preparing now in Balkan. They are doing new steps and we think that they are trying to train or even training uh, some people. And, uh, and I think that they will not finish because they, their idea is to begin one conflict, burn fires, new burn fires. Starting fires. Yes. Igniting fires. Yes. That's about it. That I think that is their idea. Destabilization by, by using and starting new fires. Russia control the sky. So the decision, air defense, you can give us, give us. You can sell us, sell us. You can give us and we, we will rent, we will rent. Okay, if you don't want or don't, or you can't, okay, co-production. Just give us licenses. We will find money. We, 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 look, we need nothing. We just need air defense on the front line. Administration helps and Europe helps, but it's not, it's not enough. It's really not enough because, the, because for example, I, I know that if, for example, if uh, seven, eight cities in Ukraine, the biggest one, will have total air defense 
for their regions, not only city and the region around the city, yes, but if they will have there, we will move all our people, mostly our people from different countries home. If we will move them, they will work and pay taxes, and it will be maybe not enough, but mostly it will shut the gap, financial gap in our budget, and we will not need so, so, so much money and financial help from the United States and European partners, you know, for, to, to help and support our budget. So I can't understand why, why sometimes I can't understand why we, we can't, all of us, we can't manage it. Just manage it. Just give us, just rent, just rent. We will pay money. We will hold it in the main cities in our country. Mostly people will come back will work children, mostly, will go to schools because air defense will defend all this um, uh, educational network in Ukraine, mostly. Of course, not total defense, but mostly. Of course, not total security, but mostly. That my message is. And uh, I think that it will help us. And you will not hear from Congress or somewhere that we can't give such a lot of financial help for Ukraine, but we, but we, we don't need it. We, we, can, we can manage it. Yes. yes. So, uh, so you said, do you have answer? Well, I don't have answer. And it's a pity it, it doesn't uh, depend on my, uh, sometimes on my answer. We are fighting for common values. It's very important. But we are losing our people, not losing Europeans, Americans. I'm not wish you to have such, you know, of course, such war on your territory. And I don't wish you, of course, to lose your soldiers. But like I said, we are the strongest from those countries who've been in the USSR many years ago. We are the strongest in, in the war of, of Russian empire, yeah? And so, and, and that's why if they will destroy us, if they will kill us, they will occupy NATO countries very quickly, like Baltic or Poland and others. And after that, you will move your soldiers. It will be. Otherwise, if you will not move your soldiers to fight for NATO against Russia, NATO will not be. The focus, yes, on the side of Middle East, yes, you are, you are right. Uh, it, it, it doesn't have good influence on Ukraine. It doesn't help us. But we understand that this is also a challenge for, for the world, Middle East, the situation of Middle East. And we are trying to help from our side how we can. But during the war, it's difficult. You, you know, it's difficult even to think about humanitarian aid from our side. It's something strange because when we are asking the world about, for example, humanitarian, I'm not about military. When we are asking the world about humanitarian aid during this war to Ukraine, it's, it's something strange to speak about humanitarian aid to Middle East from Ukraine. It, it can't be. It's yes, that, that's why we do what we can on this side, but I know that that is really, really was big wish of Russia to do it, what they've been, what been done on the Middle East and with the help of Iranian, 
their Iranian partners. And uh, we had a lot of contacts. We tried to push other countries not to give military support to Russia. We gave a lot of messages to Iranian side. Also, not to give them drones, not to give them licenses for production and for building the new factory of production of drones, not to give them their support. So from our side, we did a lot. And also we understand that uh, Russia uh, been through those countries uh, who helped to train uh, the Hamas during this situation in the Middle East. So sometimes people are trying to manage conflict, but they're looking just on two sides, Israel and Palestine. But I'm, I'm thinking that it's not right. We have to, to, you know, when you make decision and when you want to publicly say your opinion and to say who is right, who is not right, please one step back. With the situation in the Middle East, you have to have 10 steps back and to understand and, and find the problem. Some steps back and say, for, for him or for, for whom this is important. We've been walking around um, your offices, we've seen sandbag windows, gloomy corridors, clearly huge security precautions that you have to take. I mean, what, what, what has your life become? I mean, how often do you get to, to see your wife, your children? Um, and on your children, I wondered, you know, how do you explain what's happening to them? What are the difficult questions they ask you and, and how, do you, how do you explain it? Uh, thank you so much. It's, it's great that we have uh, very smart children in Ukraine. It's a pity that they are the children of the war. But they are uh, not children from the first days of the war. They became adults, really, uh, because of the war. And they, you don't need much time to explain something. They understand everything, sometimes better than you, really. It's, 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 it's a fact. They understand everything. I, uh, I, uh, so when, when we meet, I have just we don't speak about the we don't speak about the war because they they know everything all the details they are not asking when the war will finish they know that we need this victory for saving our nation and this you don't want to have any influence on their minds they have it they are very strong so I have meeting with with my wife yes she she, she comes to me, she comes to me, and uh, she, she had a lot of work and also humanitarian work. So we, we, we speak about it and we have a lot of meetings online and, and offline. She, she, she comes, we have, we have some meetings. More often than it was at the very beginning of the war, of course, of course. But, but anyway, uh, some security issues have influence on, on our life of course. My final question Mr President will be um, uh, obviously the world knows you now as a um, world leader who's galvanized uh, support for Ukraine's allies on the international stage but before that um, we also know you had a very successful career as a comedian and I wonder whether 
you know, in your darkest days, do you still find time for humour and does that help you uh, cope with uh, the situation you're living through? Well, I think you can't live on, without it because when you see people, when you see your children, you, when you see your, your, your children, some, some, sometimes, sometimes you want to, you know, want to hold them. I mean, to support them, to support your children. Sometimes they miss you very much, and sometimes between us, they they are crying a little bit. And you can't, when they cry, you can't cry. You can't give such possible for for yourself. How, how it will be? You you have to be strong, and you have to teach them also to be strong because it's it's difficult for everybody not for my children for ukrainian children it's difficult but it's not so difficult like the situation with those children who are stolen by russians yes that is i mean something something not understandable for 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 me yeah so so of course and when you want to support your your children or your or your wife and sometimes your parents and you have to to show that you're, yeah, everything is okay. Find, sometimes find some jokes about it. Jokes help. <laughs> it's really. Thank you yeah, very thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Frontline with me, Jerome Starkey, where we bring you the most important news from the war in Ukraine. We will endeavor to bring you the updates on an almost weekly basis, depending on what is happening on the front lines and around the front lines in Russia and Ukraine.